show saying it feels like we've basically been talking about every player for everyone for every time of all time but now we finally talk about games that matter and by the way for everything that matters for you guys still over here at the athletic if you're not if you're now listening on itunes or spotify or wherever the free podcasts are if you go to the athletic.com slash podcast expansion which is for everybody or the throwback either one you want to choose we've tweeted both out you get 40 percent off the site so really it's now like three dollars and change a month if you're over there so Anyway, you should be over there. That's where you get all of our writings, all of our advice, all the waiver columns, rankings, insight, player analysis, all this type of stuff that's going on. Chris is going to be doing hockey. There's a ton of stuff over there. You should be over there anyway. So in any case, we appreciate you listening. Follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler, and I'm at All In Kid. And we're all here. We're ready. You guys ready? It's week one. It's this officially. I know it's Labor Day, and a lot of people are going to be cooking out today and celebrating the end of summer and all that type of stuff. It's not the end of anything for us, guys. It's the beginning. Football is here this week. Yeah, I already getting week one questions. It's like, well, I need to look at the schedule here. But it is Monday. Week oh, one yeah. is here. We're just a couple days You getting days who to away. start? I've got who yeah. to start already. <laughs> yeah, a couple of who to start questions. Uh, there's still some drafts. I still have a couple. I got actually three or four tonight. But there's still some people out there waiting. And if you've waited um, this long, good for you. This is why we wait. We've had injuries. We've had trades. We've had retirements. So, I mean, good on you to wait this long. But, yeah, getting some week one questions already, like Tevin Coleman or Jamison Crowder. I just need to dissect the schedule just for a couple days. <laughs> wow, that's a really bad roster choice, too. I hope that's like a 16-team <laughs> league. <laughs> Don't you disrespect Jamison Crowder. <laughs> All right, yeah. whatever. That'd be like that's, two, probably gonna, two, that's probably going to be my, my pick. Two points per reception. I'll, I'll go Jamison Crowder. You're still disrespecting. Anyway, Jamison Crowder, we already had this discussion. Wide receiver three. Go ahead. You you, you sound so, like, anti-excited. It's the Jets. How can you get excited about the Jets? No, I mean, it's just week one. It was like Chris threw it to you, and you just, like, instead of being like, yeah, it's week one, you're just like, Jamison Crowder. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. No, Tevin I, I mean, I'm obviously pumped. Like, I, I can't wait till Thursday, and then I also can't wait until Sunday. Like, Sunday's going to be amazing because I the biggest thing for me is – I figured out they added a, a feature with my TV subscription service where I, now I can do picture in picture. And so I can do split screen with the Chiefs game on one or in the, the red zone network on the other. And and yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped. This will be the first time I get to do anything like that. That's a game changer. That's a game changer. The picture Enjoy. in picture? Um, yeah, just adding another game. I usually have a, a few screens on the go. Definitely red zone. Oh, so you know, sure. I just put it on. The, I put on the eight game mix on the one screen and the red zone on the other. That's just yeah. what I do. That's the way to go. Which they still, by the way, I don't know why they haven't offered this because I'd pay the extra money, even if it was like an extra, hey, this package is $20 more, but you get this. The DirecTV 4 channel one, being able to choose what the four games are. So that that's my biggest complaint still to this day. Like, don't tell me what four games are on this channel. I want to pick the four games I want to watch so I don't have to put on the eight screen one. So they're all little tiny 13-inch boxes that I have to try and like follow. I just want four, but let me pick the four. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, I don't have DirecTV. We don't have that up here, but we have Dazzin where we can choose what four we want. So that's yeah. You mean DAZN? Dazzin DAZN. I know. There's. Uh, I've heard different it's, names. It's Is it DAZN. really DAZN? Yeah. Okay. It's DAZN. Well, they're killing it now because <laughs> they got soccer. <laughs> they're getting NBA. They're getting everything, and and the NFL. You can choose what four. So maybe. You do you have it. Espen too? <laughs> I do not have Espen. <laughs> Um, the zone, whatever. Yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be in the zone. I mean, you you don't want to be in Dazen. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be in Dazen. You need to be in the zone. Well said, man. All right. So let's talk. We do have some big news. Uh, We're gonna be doing our picks, that type of stuff. Some maybe props, all sorts of things to get you ready for the season. And Wednesday we'll talk rankings, all that type of stuff. I mean, that'll be in general going forward. Mondays. A lot of waiver talk, a lot of anything interesting that matters. For We're not going to recap. We're not going to sit here and be like, oh, somebody scored 34 to 17. And this is – no, we're just going to be like what matters for going forward. And like I said, a lot of waiver talk on Wednesday. We'll be looking ahead, rankings, that type of stuff. But news for today, a couple big things over the weekend. Uh, we're going to get to Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott. Situations looked like they were changing, maybe changing, maybe not, whatever it might be. But we do have things that have changed. So – First at the top, which has everybody going, panicking in 17 different directions. Nobody knows what to do. LaShawn McCoy, cut by the Bills. Not a big surprise. Actually, I am going to self-backpat myself on that one and say, what did I tell you the entire time that was happening? I said that the entire time. Well, I will say, I, I pulled back a little bit, Chris, if you remember. I said, I, I, they waited this long. Are they really not going to do it? I, like, I kind of thought there was like a 20% chance they were going to hold on to him at this point. But they waited this long to do it. Kind of a dick move, in my opinion. But anyway... He's now on the Chiefs, which that's the part that has everybody going, uh-oh, like, what are we doing here? Uh, now it's the Damian Williams. People are jumping off bridges. This is the Kyler Murray from week two of the preseason. People are just panicking in the streets, lighting things on fire, running that, like, it's just nobody knows what to do anymore. Damian Williams is blowing out, and, like, hey, he's not even worth an RB2 anymore, and LaShawn McCoy is going to lead this backfield, and Darwin Thompson lottery tickets are torn up and thrown away and all this type of stuff. Where are you? Because I know where Brad and I are, and I feel like this is going to be a two-on-one battle here today. Um, I will say something in advance before, I don't know if you're going to make this argument, but just for everybody out there, I think that you know, or you might have seen it too. So Elliot Christ, friend of the show, tweeted out something. I also tweeted it. I retweeted him and then also tweeted out to say the same thing. September money for everybody out there. Just like, we're going to have a conversation about LaShawn McCoy. If LaShawn McCoy matters to us, it's going to be because of LaShawn McCoy. It's not going to be because of the money. September money doesn't mean anything in the NFL. Just truthfully, like, if you get paid $4 million guaranteed in September, it means one-tenth of what it means if somebody gives you $4 million guaranteed in March. It's just a completely different scenario because the money's been taken care of at this point. You're not trying to think ahead. You're not trying to do whatever. It doesn't mean because he's getting more money than Damian Williams on a guaranteed one-year deal. That is why he's going to lead the backfields. Just so everybody out there understands, like don't. This is the same thing as first-team reps. This doesn't mean what you think it means. So now, Chris, Lashawn McCoy in this backfield, threat-wise, in your opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a big threat. I mean, you'd be silly not to think that he was a big threat. I mean, yeah, last year was awful in Buffalo, but that was his worst year. It was a brutal offensive line. He's a couple years removed. Me in 2016, 2017, he had 3,000 total yards. He had back-to-back seasons of 1,100 yards on the ground. He caught 50-plus balls in each season. He's going to an offensive system where he's very familiar with when he started his career with Andy Reid. And how many times have we talked about Andy Reid utilizing any single running back? Look what he did with Damian Williams. I mean, he's only had four good games in his whole life, and it's been with Andy Reid and the Kansas City offense. So 
I mean, you guys know how I feel about Damian Williams. I was never in on him as a second-round pick. I understand people panicking. They should panic. I mean, if you drafted him in the second round in big money leagues a couple months ago, you should feel like a little sick to your stomach with this move. Not even just money aside, it's it's looking, in my opinion, like a committee. Uh, I'm sure Damian Williams will start as the starter and get the bulk of the you know the touches, maybe 60% of the snaps. And I just honestly wouldn't be surprised if Shady gets in there and you know takes a little bit away with with what he can do. I'm not completely. I get that he's past 30. He's on the wrong side of 30. I hear all that. I, I understand all of that stuff. But I still think he has a little bit to offer, and there's certainly a, a bigger resume with LaShawn McCoy than there is with Damian Williams. So, I mean, I have if you're still drafting, I would not take Damian Williams in the second round. No chance. I'd rather just take a wide receiver like Thielen or, you know, Keenan Allen Falls, whatever. I'm more than happy taking a shot on LaShawn McCoy where he's going in drafts. Uh, I think in the 10th round I took him Saturday and – you know, I think that's a good spot. So you guys know how I feel about Damian. It's it. I understand he's probably still going to get some touches. He can be useful in this offense with a few touches. I just don't think he's going to get a ton of ton of work, and I just don't know if he's going to hold up. But it's it's a nice situation for Kansas City. I saw Patrick Mahomes tweet the the old arm bicep strong. Like let's go. It's great. This is if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be pumped about this move. Yeah, there's no question. This is good for the Chiefs. I you know from a fantasy perspective. I, I'm not buying into – I'm not saying McCoy's not going to get work, and I'm not saying he's not going to maybe take a couple touches away from Damian Williams, but I still think Damian Williams, you can basically mark him down for 15 touches a game, and if he does, then then that's a, that's a, at a minimum a top 15 running back, if not potentially top eight in that offense. And a lot of it depends on where the touches were, but last year he proved he could be a goal line back, so I don't think they're taking him, taking him away there. I think it might be a situation where occasionally, like for a drive – they throw McCoy in there and just let him basically have that drive and say, you know, give give Williams a breather. But it's not a this is not a high volume offense for running backs. And it hasn't been ever since Andy Reid's been in Kansas City. No one's averaging 25 touches a game here. It's it's been, you know, Kareem Hunt was like 17, 18 touches a game when he was there and he was a top five running back. And and so it's I, I just I'm not buying into the fact that. Um, you know, that, that McCoy is going to just come in and, and completely disrupt this backfield. I think he's just, I think they saw it as, okay, McCoy got cut. We have a chance to move hide and get McCoy. Then absolutely, because that's an upgrade. Like everybody wants LaShawn McCoy over Carlos Hyde. So why not do that? It's basically the same money out of the chief's pocket. And, and they, they ended up, you know, they were able to actually get something for Carlos Hyde, even if it's a, a little bit of a project offensive lineman, but it's at least something as opposed to just cutting him and, and eat a little, you know, dead cap. So, I don't know. I, I, I still have, um, I still have no problem having Damian Williams as a low end RB one. I've got him as my number eleven after this trade, and and I'm totally fine with keeping him there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you so don't even need to take him there, Jake. I mean, he went in the fourth round of a draft. Uh, was in part yesterday. If he's going to yeah, go so in the fourth round. Fine. I, I still think pick if if you want him, I still think you need to take him in the third round, but probably mid third round if you want him, because I think so many people are. I think I, the vast majority of the people are concerned enough to be the fourth round. There may be some people that are on Brad and my side of things and in the general consensus of saying, you know what, things will be fine even with a decreased workload. You guys see the one. I sent you the tweet I sent out yesterday. Brad, you've brought it up a million times. You keep referencing Kareem Hunt. And the reason I even put him in that tweet is because Kareem Hunt in 2017 was averaging 20 touches a game. But that's the point to kind of what the rest of the tweet is, because even with that and how crazy of a 2017 he had, the Chiefs 
changed it last year. He dropped down to 18.9 with 16.5 carries, 2.4 receptions, because as you keep mentioning, he wasn't used a ton in the passing game. It was Spencer Ware. It was Damian Williams at times. They kept mixing somebody else in there. And to go even further than this, Damian Williams over those last five games, or was it four games? Let me look at it real quick, and I'll tell you off the because I put the note in there as well. For the last five, no, four games. For the last four games, he was RB three, one, two, three in fantasy on just 15 touches a game. It was actually 14.9 and change. So this is why I'm with Brad on this. This is like he just needs 15, even if let's just say. And I agree with you, Chris, on one thing. And well, people out there in general, LaShawn McCoy matters. But LaShawn McCoy, as I said, matters as in Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde was going to take a few touches to spell him. Actually, what Brad just said, maybe it's a drive. Maybe it's a few touches here and there just to keep Damian Williams from getting 20 touches a game. But all that being said is even if you drop him to 14 touches a game, even 13 touches a game, that's still going to be an RB2. I'm not quite as high as you are, Brad, at now at this point because to yours, you're what part of what your argument was. I do like LaShawn McCoy a hell of a lot more than I like Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So it's a little bit like I said, where before Carlos Hyde, I'll just give everybody out there the insight to the projections. Before with Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde was getting four or five touches a game because he was just the pure backup. Darwin Thompson was actually getting more than him. LaShawn McCoy coming in is now leapfrogging Darwin Thompson, putting Darwin Thompson in that four to five, putting LaShawn McCoy into like the seven to nine, which drops Damian Williams from 17, 18 to like 14, 15. So that 14 to 15, that three to four touch per game drop drops him from where I had him as RB 11 to now RB 14 or 15. Still, in my opinion, high end RB two, a little bit lower than Brad, but obviously Chris, you've been on the other side of this the entire argument, which is fine. You might be right in the end, and this is why we have these debates so everybody out there can make their own decisions, but we're high enough on them that I think that Brad and I, if still drafting, we're going to be two of the highest-owned shares out there because a lot more people feel like you, Chris. Yeah, I mean, again, if you're drafting today, do not take them in the second round. That's just how I feel. I mean, you guys want to go side to side, and I agree with the numbers, and I just don't know if he's going to get the, that, those kind of touches. And this is, and again, right, well, people look at Shady last year. The one concern is this. Well, and you can go to your point about Shady last year. The one concern is this. This is what I said in the tweet. If LaShawn McCoy ends up making Damian Williams a bust, it's going to be because it's going to be because LaShawn McCoy ended up being the lead option. Like Andy Reid just said, screw it. I like LaShawn McCoy. I've used LaShawn McCoy before. Screw all you guys. He's my lead option. It's not going to be because he paid him $4 million or whatever it is. It's just going to be because he yeah. did that. And at that point, I mean, we made our best educated guess. If you believe that we were wrong to do so, that being Brad and I, and we're believing in Damian Williams, and we should have been with the LaShawn McCoy bandwagon. I just, I want you to talk about last year because I look at last year, and I know we can blame the offense and the offensive line and the team a lot. Mm-hmm. You still watch LaShawn McCoy as a player, and he looked poor last year as a running back. And I know he's looked better in this preseason, but how many times have we said that before about older running backs yes. that, well, they look better in the preseason? Uh, I mean, but still, it, it's and he looked better on preseason on the same team we were concerned about last year. So really, yeah, it, and I get that. And he and he has looked banged. He not even just looked banged up. He's been questionable the past couple of years. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, but yeah, I mean, another friend of the show, Grant Bar- Barfield, had had tweeted. So it's just you know, ah, uh, he's not a friend. 
now. I'll <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like oh, okay, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I thought no, maybe you guys were boys, but maybe not. Person, I'm 100 percent kidding. Yeah, I figured you were. Yeah, uh, for sure. So he's just talking about like like Lashawn McCoy last year. You know, faced one extra defender in the box. 45 percent of his carries is second most behind Chris Carson. You know, Buffalo Buffalo's offensive line 20th at a 32nd in yards before contact. KC ranked third best. And, you know, it's just it was a really poor situation. We know that in Buffalo, and I just feel like he could certainly be something in this offense, just like Damian Williams, right? I mean, how can we get excited about Damian Williams for four games when we can't get excited about LaShawn McCoy and the resume that he has back with Andy Reid? Are you killing me? kidding me? I know, like, three million guaranteed, like, whatever. I agree with you on the top of that. Whatever. That doesn't really matter. You spend the money to go get him. Maybe, potentially, there was a couple other offers and he was weighing his options. But if you're shady and you're like, yeah, Andy Reid's calling me. I'm going to Kansas City offense. Like, uh, this is where I'm going. He could certainly be productive there. He's much, much cheaper. I'm saying if you're drafting today, take a shot on this guy. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he's the lead guy by week six or seven, to be honest with you. So I, I would be shocked. And the only reason I think that happens, the only way I think that happens is if Damian Williams gets hurt. Well, and that's a and so it's a big possibility, which it's, it is a possibility, but I'm not drafting a whole bunch of handcuffs based on, you know, guys that, that I think may, may have an opportunity to get hurt. Like it, it's, there is the possibility there. There's also the possibility that he plays all 16 games and, and McCoy is just a glorified handcuff the whole time. So it's, 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 you just kind of never know. It's, it's, this is why, you know, part of why this is why this is such a good debate because there are so many questions. Andy Reid is one of the closest to the vests coaches I, I've seen outside of Belichick and and he he always throws kind of stuff out there for the media that that is is very um like when he talked about the running back by committee uh, a couple weeks ago like he he was saying that it threw the fantasy world into a frenzy and then you go back and look at the usage the last couple of years and that's the that's exactly what they had already done with Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware backing up Kareem Hunt so it just to me it doesn't change anything I I think I do think LaShawn McCoy becomes a lot more valuable than than Darwin Thompson because McCoy can be a receiving back also and and but he has a lot better in in between the tackle skills than Thompson does so that to me is the 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 biggest thing is this is the handcuffed own as opposed to everybody taking Darwin Thompson in the eighth round or whatever garbage was happening before Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's the biggest one. That's the biggest, oh, my gosh, well, so much for that kind of right. pick. It's not so much even the, the Damien versus LaShawn. It's that Darwin Thompson is now pretty much. And people still know. people still love him. People start talking like, oh, no, he's going to be the guy. Like, uh, that's the big thing for me, too, is Darwin's the big loser here. No, Darwin is, first of all, if anybody still thinks that, go trade him now and get you know some value out of it. Otherwise, just drop him, but keep the name. Don't forget the name, because if LaShawn McCoy at this part of his career gets hurt, you know, nurses an injury like he did last year. and Either, Both and of that, them could go down, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Darwin Thompson would be the next man up behind him, and then obviously if anything happened to Damian, or even vice versa, if so, hey, if something happened to Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy is the lead, and Darwin Thompson starts getting mixed in again, the point being that there is an opportunity here, just you probably need to drop him at this point, but – don't forget about him. Like, don't you forget about But anyway. You uh, want to have a piece of this offense. That's the bottom line, is you want to have a piece of this offense. No, the bottom line is because Stone Cold says so. That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, that's what he would say. Yeah. And, I, and I know this is, this is partially jumping ahead a little bit here, but there, it, I thought it was very interesting that the Texans had – they could have given up – they have all kinds of cap room to start with. They could have given up a seventh-round pick 
to the Bills, and the Bills probably would have traded McCoy to them. They didn't. They chose to to go after Carlos Hyde, which to me said good things about Duke Johnson because Carlos Hyde is not taking Duke Johnson's job. It, it's no, it's, no. Wait, hold on, hold on. You are jumping ahead because I got. I know that's big, and this is going to be two on one again. But I, you just retweeted <laughs> it, and I had to retweet it too. I want to get to the Zeke Elliott thing because that's oh. that's big. That's bigger. I, I for everybody out there, Brett. I mean, honestly, that's that's what they're sitting on here. Yeah, let's uh, do it. So. Uh, so James, James, was it James Slater? Slater? Yeah, James yeah, Slater. Slater. I was, trying, I was, trying, I couldn't remember. It was Genie or Friend Jane. of the show? No, <laughs> no, not a friend of the show. We've never okay. talked before. So, <laughs> never hung. Right. Uh, Jane Slater <laughs> just tweeted out 11 minutes ago. Source informs her, tells her that the, while talks with Cowboy, mm, God, I can't even talk anymore. Cowboys Ezekiel Elliott continued late Sunday. The deal is quote not close. When she asked what's holding it up, the answer was the same as last month, quote, everything. Charles Robinson last night said in his tweet that after what seemed to be progressions, the what the Cowboys thought was going to happen on Sunday did not. They actually thought the progress they made took a step back and ended up frustrated. That's paraphrasing. You can go back and look at the tweet. I didn't pull it up. Uh, point being, it, we left Saturday – Look, hey, progress is made. All right, it's going to be all 16 games. They're getting close to do a deal. And I moved Zeke back up to number two with a 16-game workload. And now I'm going to have to move him back to 14, where I was assuming about two weeks, because I still think something gets done. But good grief. I, I mean, uh, is two too little at this point? Like, uh, it's it's back and forth by the day. I would love to have an answer by Wednesday for everybody out there. I, I can't tell you what to do. If you've already drafted, I mean, obviously it's too late. But some people, as you said, Brad, some people are still drafting. I know there was one that people were trying to locally here get me into a draft on Wednesday. I'm like, dude, get the hell out of here. Monday through Wednesday is off the table, period, done once the football season starts. I'm sorry. Like, my life starts at 8 a.m. and doesn't finish till midnight. And you're not getting me Monday through Wednesday. Sorry. But point being, some people are. And if some people are, I, what do we even do right now? And Chris, I asked you to check your auction over the weekend. I got mine. 45 bucks in mine, 41 in yours. Those are both with discounted prices because if we had 16 games, if we had a contract, Zeke Elliott's going for 55 maybe even 60 bucks. Yeah, I know. Um, and I, I was afraid to pull the trigger. And I don't know what to tell people either, to be honest with you. I have no. a few drafts as well. What did Pollard go for? Pollard went, and he didn't go to the Zeke owner, which I thought was a big fail. And he like, if you're go, gonna do it, on. he didn't go to the Zeke owner in my league either. I got him for seven. I got him for yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. He went for nine in in mine. Uh, I, I guess it was same too, thing. I, I guess I it was too what. steep for the Zeke owner. I don't know. How like, is that so? Hold on, hold on. Right. Time out. I not. I, I, I agree. I nine. If so, here's if this is no. This is a lesson for everybody out there in general. It, like truthfully, like I, I, this isn't trying to be like whatever. Like you said, nine bucks. Mine right. was seven. Seven plus forty-five is fifty-two. Nine yeah. plus forty-one is fifty. Da exactly for fifty or fifty-two dollars. The point being, if he's going for forty-five, forty-one, whatever, you should be putting the price on Pollard to whatever you are willing to pay on Zeke if he knew he was playing sixteen games. If it's fifty-eight, you should have been willing to go to seventeen. The point being is, like, you needed to take care of that if you drafted Zeke. It's on you, the owner, of being an idiot. But, you know, I'm glad I got Pollard for seven because now either I got a trade chip or somebody I can even use in week one. That was your that was your fault as the Zeke owner. Absolutely. And that you have to protect your investment for sure. I agree 100 percent. I was shocked that it didn't go down that way. And I'm sure this guy right now hearing this news that not close, he's scrambling. He's already probably scrambling for who's RB2 is going to be like he needs to make a move. You need to protect your investment. I'm, I'm, I'm saying if I'm again, I'm doing a draft tonight. Picking at 12, 
if he's there, I, I thought before this news, I would probably take a shot on him. But hearing it's not even close, I probably won't bother. I'm just not going to deal with that headache. <laughs> what is Zeke and all of this nonsense? I'll just let him go by, and that's it. I'm not going to lose my fantasy league because I didn't draft Zeke. I have a chance to lose it if I did or I do draft Zeke. But if you are going to do it, I think you have to get Pollard. And it does suck to waste a seventh or an eighth round pick on this guy who could only be something for you for three weeks. That's awful. It's, or it, less. It does, right. Yeah, or less. It does suck. But you, if you're going to do that, I think you protect your investment. And then you have, to your point and what we're talking about here, you have this Dallas Cowboys backfield. It's a soft schedule to start. If Zeke signs tomorrow, I don't even know if he's going to play week one. I think they yeah, reminder: Giants, Washington, and Miami to start. Yes. Pollard's <laughs> going to be at least a flex play for you. Oh, Evan Silva thinks he's a top 10 running back with top five upside in week one. And and that to me, if, if you know, assuming Zeke doesn't play. And what's interesting is he just also tweeted out that this is a, a an indication that Ezekiel Elliott talks hit a snag on Sunday. They just pulled Jordan Chun off of their practice squad onto their active 53-man roster, who is their now now their number three running back. So they're, they are concerned about depth for Sunday, and they're – they're definitely not expecting Zeke to be there when they make a move like that this far in advance of the game. Good call, Brad, because on over the weekend, they had cut everybody. They just had the two backs. So I was thinking with Pollard and Morris, right? So I was thinking, oh, well, Zeke signing. Like, nobody just carries two backs. You're at least going to have three. So I was assuming that Zeke, and now to your point, you bring this up. Yeah, that's not, not good news. Here we go again with Zeke. Like, just avoid <laughs> him, I'd say. <laughs> so... And we're going to get to Duke Johnson in a second, but we might as well to tie Ooh. this in, Melvin Gordon, uh, for the auction prices on those. Melvin Gordon, 28 in my league, 26 in Chris's. Uh, Austin Eckler was a keeper in my league at 7 bucks, so uh, that's a locked-in price right there. But for yeah. reference, he went for 20 and Chris is only $6 behind Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, it's, it's funny because we have teammates like Travis Benjamin tweeting he's going to be there week one, and we heard a lot of teammates say that Le'Veon Bell was going to be out there for week one last year. Saw how that happened. Uh, but this one, again, I, I, I know we've talked about this at length, but we also have now a report that the Chargers said, go ahead and seek a trade. Also, the Chargers saying, we're not negotiating the, until after the season. It's off the table. Whether or not that's a negotiation tactic, whether or not the trade, whatever it might be, I don't think you can get many more red flags than what we have on Melvin Gordon at this point, unless the only thing I can see here is if this is just full sitting at the poker table, we have the full house, we know you've been bluffing the entire time, we push you to your decision, and guess what? You fold on the river, Melvin Gordon, because that's really the only thing. The only option Melvin Gordon has now at this point is sign up for week one or sit out the full 10 games because I don't know that anybody else is like pulling off a trade because let's be honest, and maybe this is just me, but I've seen the Chargers for the past how many seasons? I know the Chargers. I know the Chargers told Bosa, we're not giving you the money you want. You want to sit out the entire preseason? Fine, we don't give a damn. The Chargers organization is one of the most hated front offices in all of sports. I don't see them trading Melvin Gordon unless they get second and a first round pick. And I don't think anybody's giving that up. So that's the problem with the trade is I understand there's the Bucs. I understand there's the Texans. I understand there's there's teams where Melvin Gordon fits in a trade, but I don't see them doing it because I don't see them trading him for what people will be willing to give up because they're going to want more because they're the Chargers. Yeah, this is a sticky situation. And Houston already did their, you know, they did their moves. They made all kinds of trades over the weekend. And they seem content with, you know, a mediocre Carlos Hyde. So they're not going to get, you know, Melvin Gordon here in Tampa. As much as we all want to see Melvin Gordon in Tampa, 
it doesn't seem like the Bucks are going to do something like that either. Maybe just stay the course. Now the goon! Get it all out of the goon. Yeah, that's right. So everyone wants to know. CJ McCollum, I saw him tweet to Melvin Gordon last night. He said he drafted him on his fantasy team. He's trying to figure out when he should start him. And, you know, I don't believe that it's going to be week one. I don't care what Travis Benjamin's saying or anybody like that. But, I mean, Melvin Gordon just has to kind of, I don't know, do whatever he wants to do. But, honestly, like, he's probably just going to have to suck it up and play. Because I agree. I don't think the Chargers are going to ante up. Like, this is it. I believe them when they say – we're tabling contracts. We're talking to you at the end of the season. It is what it is. They've had a, some small success without him when he's been on the sidelines. They're a really good football team. They still have a great offense and a, and a solid defense. So I, Gordon's just going to have to suck it up. There's another guy where I'm just avoiding. I, I thought a couple days ago that if he fell to the fifth, sixth round, it's like, wow, that's great value and I'll just deal with it. But now it's just like another guy that I just – don't know what to think about. I don't know when he's going to play, and I don't have that headache. Yeah, and I, I don't want anything to do with it. It's just like to me, it's just like Kareem Hunt. Obviously, a different situation if he comes back, but it, I don't want a guy that's potentially out eight or ten games. I don't care what the what the upside is at the end of it. I don't want to hold that on my bench for eight or ten games and or eight or ten weeks. And I, I just I want nothing to do with him. It, it's it, I think the whole situation is a mess. I I think at this point. I mean, if he, they basically said, come back and, and earn your $5 million that you're, you know, you're under contract for, or don't come back at all. And I think at this point, he has to, like, he has to sit out the 10 games to have any shot at, at making this financially worth it to him. Because yeah, he's, he's potentially given up two or $3 million in, in missed games if he does that, but he does decrease his risk of injury and, and going, you know, increases the chance of going into free agency healthy. So I, at that point, it, this is not about him or the team, uh, him and the team or how good the team is. This is all about his own money. And at this point, if, if, if that's the way they are, if they're not, I, I wonder what would happen if he went back to them and said, look, that last offer that was like four years, 40 million or whatever, is that still on the table? And if that, <laughs> if it was, then, you know, I wonder if they wouldn't say like, fine, that, you know, we'll do that. But you know, they can, and they can still hold their stance of like, we didn't negotiate anymore. He just came back and took our last offer. And at the same time, it's, it's, if he, if he thinks he is worth more than this. And to me, this is, it's the same argument with Zeke. Zeke wants to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. When the Cowboys were saying over the weekend, you mentioned um, the, the, the Robinson tweet, the, the Cowboys mentioned they were hoping for more compromise over the, you know, after progress on Saturday, hoping for more compromise on Sunday. And it was like, that didn't happen. That, you know, there is no compromise. He wants to be the highest paid running back. Melvin Gordon wants 13 million a year and he's not budging off of it. These teams are just being like, fine, we're not paying you. And in a way it's, it's almost like a form of collusion, but without talking to each other, they can do it all publicly because all this stuff is out there. I don't even think, I understand. Like I, I don't want people to get, I know what your point is. I don't want people to get caught up on that from the one side of things. Like, I, I don't think it's collusion as in like, ha ha, we're going to screw all running backs in the NFL. No, I just no, think no, it's no. what the, you're right, right. I, no, I'm just, and that's why I'm clarifying. It's just, I understand it. It's the collusion. It's the collusion thought process. It's just understanding that when it comes to the NFL, the running back value per money wise is devalued. I mean, the truth is, is you can have an elite running back and it still doesn't matter as much as it has to have an elite quarterback or even elite wide receiver. Look at the teams that are winning Super Bowls or teams that are even in the Super Bowls and how many of them have a top five running back in the NFL. And I'm not saying they don't make a difference because that's the one side of the argument that I hate is, and we've discussed this before at Emory of our site, so we tweet back and forth all the time laughing when the people are just like, oh, it doesn't matter if you have a Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, you can plug in Austin Eckler. Like, it does matter. <laughs> it, ma it matters, but it doesn't matter as much as other positions. And 
that's the problem. Why I say like that's the collusion of the NFL is the, the NFL is just like we don't want to pay running backs. We see the replacement. It's like the perfect. You know what? You know what the comparison is? It's fantasy quarterbacks. We know they're like okay. You maybe you have a Patrick Mahomes. Well, guess what? The Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl. Maybe you have a Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. Those teams still don't always or even only one of those quarterbacks has even won a Super Bowl. The point is, is like the drop off is so flat that you get a replacement value that you still contend because you have value elsewhere. And this is why I think there's going to be a big problem in the CBA, not just from the rookie pay scale and all this stuff, but this is going to be brought up for specific positions because the truth is the NFL is getting the best out of running backs and then throwing them away outside of their rookie deal once the best years are gone. And that's what they're fighting for. But the problem is they're fighting for with nothing to stand for because Zeke has to play at some point this season, at least six games to get free agency. Melvin Gordon is, I think, two years away. And that's why you guys both know this. I said, if Zeke gets the second most money, I know he wants to be paid the most. And I know if you're talking about Zeke versus Gurley as of today, who deserves more money? It's Zeke. I, it's not even a question in my mind. In, in the NFL as a whole, you can make the argument, and I would probably agree, Zeke deserves the most money of all running backs, Saquon Barkley, all of them, Christian McCaffrey. He deserves the most. The problem is, it's the situation he's in. He's getting a contract a year before he deserves it. Not deserves it, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's a win if you get the second most money. Like, take the win. Sometimes the win isn't what you want it to be, but it's still a win. Yeah, but that's, and, and, and it's... That, Go ahead, I was going to say real quick, that's Jerry Jones actually addressed that this weekend. He said the problem is, okay, we sign him to this deal. Then someone else leapfrogs him in the future. And then he holds out again. Like there's nothing that yeah. stops him from holding out again. And that like taking the second most money. We, only we used gets to do that. Exactly. We year. used to do that with wide receivers. Wide receivers used to do that. If you remember like T.O. and Chad Ocho, like it would be like sign a contract two years later. Oh, I want to redo my contract. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that's, and, that's exactly and Dez has been saying that with Dez has been talking lately too. Oh, you know, hold your own, Zeke. You know, I wish I would have held my own too. Like, and and that reminds me of Dez, like wanting to re up. Like he had a decent contract. He wanted to re up and be the highest paid wide receiver. Like, it's just it, this is going down a bad trend for these running backs. I agree, Jake. Like, just kind of get your money, take the win, and and move on. And I see all sides of it. Like Jerry Jones, like play out your contract. You have this contract, play it out. Like something has to be said for for that. I mean, you have a contract, you sign on dotted line, like. I, I get these running backs want their money and it's and the injuries are happening and get it before you get get hurt but you know you're still getting a lot of money you're still playing in they, the NFL you're still look, playing like you have a dream job man like take your money <laughs> baseball and at least get to the last year of the deal and not when well, you have no, two so years yes. left yeah yes. well so th- even to that what I was gonna say is baseball is broken to a degree too but I think the NFL should copy them at least a little bit from the draft perspective where, you know, you have draft money, period, end of discussion. You can put, if like this year's upcoming draft, you draft Zeke Elliott at number four, another Zeke Elliott, like whatever, maybe it's uh, it's Etienne from Clemson, whatever it might be. Point being is like you get 50 million, whatever it is, $50 million for your entire draft. If you want to give 40 of it to your running back at number four and then sparse it out for the rest, Fine, like because that's the thing. Like with MLB, Brad knows this 100. Over slot, you know, you you save money on your 13th pick in the first round because you drafted somebody that might have only gone 22nd, and then you spend over in the second round because you have a feeling somebody's going to slide. He's talking about going back to college, whatever it might be, and that's where I think it would open up. Like in the CBA, would help a little bit. Like you have some, you might have an Eli Manning situation again, and be like, hey, I don't want to go play for San Diego at the time now, LA. And now you have a situation where the Giants are like, all right, well, guess what? You'll slide to 10th in the draft, but we'll pay you more. And then we'll save a little bit on the second. Right? Like, 
whatever it might be, there is opportunity here. Like, don't you think that could work, Brad? If they brought that in, is like, hey, you have this much money, so the so the contract basically isn't. If you're drafted one, you get this. If you're drafted two, you get this, and it just keeps going down. And they're so set in the. This is the only money you can make as a rookie. Yeah, it's it's it is a little different because in the NFL you're going straight into the league, and and in baseball you're going in the minor league. So that signing bonus right, is basically that, all you have yeah. to live on. And, and so yeah, there there is. I think there are, you could probably figure out something along the lines of that that would make sense in a salary cap system with the you know with the way the NFL works. Um, it, it's just it's complicated. It's a lot different whenever they start. You know, it, it, from the player standpoint, they want to hold out and make more money if they feel like they're worth it. Because at any point, the owner can also cut them and they and not pay them the money that that they said they would do. They you know that they agreed to when they uh, you know gave you the contract. So it, it kind of works both ways, and that's why. You know, in, in baseball, the one the one thing that baseball has, everybody talks about no salary cap or whatever. That that's while that's important, it's not the most important thing. The most important thing that baseball has is guaranteed contracts. Because players, when they have a guaranteed contract, you do not see any baseball players hold out anymore. It doesn't happen. Like Ricky Henderson was probably the last guy to hold out and, and say, No, I'm I'm not I'm not playing under my current contract. And that it just hasn't happened because those guys know if they're playing well, they're going to get paid. And if they're not playing well, they're still getting paid. And it's, it's a lot different in the NFL where they could just ax you. And, and it, you know, it's like, yeah, we signed you to this three year, $12 million deal. But after the first year of it, we're cutting you because it only costs us a million dollars to do that. And, and it's just, it's a lot different contract structure. And, and if the NFL players could fight, I don't, I don't think, they should care as much about what the salary cap number is or what the the portion of the money that they receive. The bigger thing to me to fight for would be getting guaranteed contracts. And that, that would require a work stoppage. No question. Oh, I was waiting to see if you had anything more. All right. So yeah. let's move on then. Cause I don't know if you want to jump back in on that, Chris, but I uh, everyone's talking in. about Melvin Gordon following teams on Instagram. It's just going <laughs> to, Oh, yeah, no, a couple of weeks. Somebody like I, that was the best last night. Somebody tweeted at me and they're like, "I heard rumors that he's going to the Eagles." And like, yeah, I saw that. Eagles beat writers. It's the Eagles beat writers. They're falling into the trap. Oh, Melvin Gordon just followed the Eagles. Ronald Darby, Corey Clement, what? Carson Wentz. Like, settle down. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It yeah, yeah. The Eagles are trading for Melvin Gordon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're getting it's something that Howie does, right? Give away all the first round picks. I will. Back. No chance. I will go draft the kicker to tomorrow on my fantasy team if he signs with the Eagles. Get the hell out <laughs> of here. They got to. They got to find something to replace Wendell Smallwood. So why not Melvin Gordon? Yeah, so. yeah. yeah exactly. So the other timeshare, the uh, Chris, I know, was pushing back. Gosh, I, I'm looking at it. I just wish I could just read our entire text conversation because we were having some fun yesterday, uh, the three of us going back and forth about the Duke Johnson and yeah, his we situation and Carlos Hyde being signed. So I'm just going to like, hey, Brad, you wanted to jump ahead to us. So I'm just going to let you start it off, and then we'll go to you, Chris, and I'll actually I'll, 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 I'll save mine for last on this one. All right, so so to me, one of the biggest things <laughs> in this whole ordeal was that the Texans basically had a choice of all these secondary running backs to come in and be alongside Duke or back up Duke or to potentially even be in front of Duke, depending on who they went and got. And they did not go get LaShawn McCoy, even though he wasn't that expensive. They traded for Carlos Hyde and traded a guy that they were probably going to cut but they were completely content. This this is the big part to me. I think they're completely content with Duke Johnson as their lead back and just having an adequate backup behind him. And and this this to me is a win for Duke Johnson. I actually moved him up my rankings a little bit. I've got him at 18 right now, and and I am very happy to to grab him where I where I can get him, knowing that I feel like there's an immense amount of upside there because they could have had Lashawn McCoy for if if they 
offer offer the Bills a seventh round contract or seventh round pick or or offer LaShawn McCoy five million dollars instead of the four he got for the Chiefs, he might have gone to Houston in in that scenario. But but they didn't, and they had all kinds of money to spend. They've got the most cap room in all of the NFL, so the opportunity was there. They chose to just run with the guy they had, and then throw throw at least in my opinion throw Carlos Hyde in behind him. And I think that's a huge win for Duke Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with any of that. I I think it's I do think it's a win for Duke. I I I'm in on him too. I don't have him as high as you. I think he's a low end RB two and a half point PPR setting. You know, certainly. If you have him as your flex, I mean, you're loving it. I, I And again, what I was saying to you guys was because I had drafted Carlos Hyde in a lot of spots a couple months ago when he was free. And I thought that those shares were absolutely just dead in the water with the fact that he was gonna probably going to get cut in KC. We talked about this numerous times. There's reports he was going to get cut in KC. And my reasoning for liking Carlos Hyde was not because I thought he was a great running back. I understand the past couple of years have been down. I do know That's that he started off in, in Cleveland. Chat. I mean, he started, <laughs> last, last year in Cleveland, he was on Duke Johnson's team. He was getting 20 carries a game. I get it. The yards per carries weren't great. Five touchdowns his first four games. Baker came in there. He had his best two games. All of a sudden, he was gone. He was traded. He wasn't traded because of Duke Johnson. He was traded because they had a guy, Nick Chubb. I mean, Duke Johnson, what I was asking and what I was saying was that Duke jo- – I like what? You, and this is where the conversation just got off the board. I was in a long drive out east. I had the girlfriend grabbing the phone. I was like, what are these guys saying about Duke right now? Like, how many carries do we realistically think? And then Jake throws out the check the link. I'm like, listen, I'm going to – no, no time to check the link right now. No, no, no. So what I was saying say, about projections. how many touches I had, and I said, you know where to look. <laughs> Which is fair. I do know where to look. I didn't want to look. We're chatting and chatting. Just tell me what you think. How many touches do you think he's going to get? So, and, and you guys came out with about 10 to 14 carries, 15 carries, and I think, sure, that's fine. This is a guy that's never, he's only had more than 10 twice. It doesn't mean he can't do it, and I'm not going to sit here and say that because he's never had it in four years doesn't mean he can't. I just don't feel like he's that type of back. I mean, they acquired him not to be that kind of back they had Lamar Miller still on their team when they acquired him and he was just going to take that role as a pass catcher I love the fact that he could probably finish second in this team and catches I know they have stills now but Fuller whatever QT whatever these are guys that have been hurt a couple times I think that Carlos Hyde will have a role in this team I don't think he's going to carry him but I think it's going to be a lot closer than you guys think I know he's not very appealing but again I don't think that they're going to use Duke in that role as a guy who's going to get 18 carries a game I just don't see it that was a number that I saw floated out in Twitter because he did it in college against kids when he was a kid a long time ago I just don't feel like he's that type of back and I just wouldn't be shocked if Carlos Hyde was still used and getting carries so I wouldn't dismiss Hyde 50th back off the board. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dismiss that. He's, he's well, RB. I have at 46. So, like to all your points. Um, so everybody out there, Chris actually said that Duke Johnson was the worst running back in the league yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's how you guys <laughs> took it from the text. Like that's how you guys took it. It's like, wow, Duke is like garbage. Like, uh, no, 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 I wasn't no, saying on, that, but out. I'm not time expecting. Time I'm not expecting out. consistent 15 carries from Duke Johnson. Okay, De- Brad, let me ask you from reading the text. Didn't it sound like Chris was saying it was absurd to think he could touch the ball 15 times a game? Yes. I, I mean, I I'm got not, the impression he was drafting really? Jalen Richard over the top of, of uh, Duke Johnson. So <laughs> No, I, I agree that he was a low-end RB2, no, but I don't think he's carrying the, the ball 14 like, times. Right, right. No, it was so, all about carries to me, not touches. It was and even all carry, about like, carries. I understand. Like, this, is the, this is why it's fun with texting. This is why. Yeah. So, By the way, if anybody's ever seen – I should just probably put a picture out of our texturing. 
I get kind of trolly when it comes to text because I know it's you you lose in translation. So I, I could see you getting a little aggravated with the lost in oh, translation. Oh, yeah, Jake with the wrong, wrong, wrong. And then throws like a Canada joke up there like I can't add. Like, come on, don't be an arrogant American here. Like, like, like I can add. You know, I get your, your little made-up projection number for Duke. But Made-up projection number. It, all it is, it's oh. a number that's just made up. Like, all, again – Duke hasn't done this before. I'm not saying he can't. I just don't view him as a guy that's going to carry the ball 15, 16 times consistently. And I don't have him for 15, 16 times. That's all I was saying. I have, I have him for 11.9 because I have him for, as everybody wants out there to notice, and have to check the link so you can just listen to the podcast and not have to go <laughs> yeah. and look. It's 190.6, which comes out to actually 11.875 per game with 2.6 receptions per game. So that puts him at 14 and a half touches per game. 14 and a half touches per game. It's not a lot. It's it's no, total it's touches. It's not at all. That's 45 or 42 receptions also, by the way. That still puts him at lower than Brad has him, but as RB25 between Miles Sanders and James White in a half-point PPR because it's going to be very productive touches. And honestly, I think his ceiling is high. I think his ceiling is where you know kind of where Brad – I Brad, I, I, in my opinion, I feel like you have him at a ceiling, which isn't wrong, and maybe yeah, that is where he finishes, and you're 100% right on this, and he's kind of as productive as what everybody's been in Kansas City on the touch per-touch basis because Deshaun Watson's entire offense takes another step forward. But I think RB25 is a respectable spot, and you said where Carlos Hyde was going 50. I have him at 46. I have Carlos Hyde for 130 carries. That's He's going to be mixed in. 130 carries is eight a game. That's a decent amount. And to your point, I don't think they're giving like, – and I just told you, he's it, it's 20 carries a game, and it's almost – it's basically a 60-40 split. And that's yeah, where I think it I comes in. I like that, in. but it, it – I- yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Brad agrees with that, but I agree with that. And But it, you guys made it seem like no chance it was going to be that close. 60-40 is pretty – that's pretty dead no, on no, no, to no. being even. Like, Hold you on. have them for 10 – or you have them, what, 10, 11 carries a game? And you have, 12. And you have high 11.8. Is, I mean, so you might as well round up. Hold that's, on. I'm going, that's pretty hold close. On. Hold on. For everybody out there, I'm going back to one of your I'm, – I'm finding one of these Texas – Texas, <laughs> Texas. Nobody cares about our texts. I do because I want to read it out and see if other people understand. Let's see. All right, uh, there it is, right there. You said, I find it hard to believe that Duke will average 14 carries a game. And yeah. that was where I was pushing back. And like the fact I is, do is find like, it hard to believe that. Well, I, do. I just point, said that a minute ago. 12 and 14 is two carries per game. Are we getting that hungover or two, point, two carries a game? I, I'm, I never said 12. Who's saying 12? You guys said 14? Yeah, you, no, I'm just t- I'm, I'm telling you I'm 12 just, by my projection. Yeah, you just projected. So, so here's... To me, this is where I am completely on board with the 12. I had him at 12 and a half carries a game was where I projected him at. Where I think you're a little low is on the receptions. And and because I, I think there's a chance that he actually gets more like four to four and a half receptions a game. And if yeah. that happens, that's where I've got him. And I, I think that's pretty low. Like, I don't see Carlos Wait, hold on. being like. I think he catches like 60 balls. Yeah, yeah, you I both easily. think that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They just traded for Kenny Stills. I'm not saying Kenny Stills, but they have Kenny Stills, Kiki QT, Will Fuller, and DeAndre Hopkins, and you still think he's? And, and, uh, I mean, you he still did think with, he's? Uh, yeah. he's done it before. I know he didn't have the you not know, that this kind of team, cast in Cleveland, not right. with this many options. No, but I, I f- just don't believe in those options. Again, it's, it's so I don't want to be that negative Nancy guy and say everyone's going to get hurt in the NFL. But Fuller has has a history of this, and I, I like the Kenny Stills move. I, I think Stills. Well, probably I, look, he could I, finish but, ahead of Fuller and QT, but these are could. guys that I just feel like I feel like Duke is going to have a role, whether that's carrying the ball eight to 
15 times. That doesn't matter. He's going to have a role where even <laughs> Hyde is on the field, Put and maybe he's it. playing in the slot, and and he's still catching balls. I agree with Brad. I think it's more. I think you're a little low on the two catches game. I think, I think you, you guys are about crazy. Unless close, you get two to of those four. wide receivers when, hurt. It's just, he, I, I that, have, that, could, that absolutely could happen. Like, they're both banged up right now. One of them's coming off an ACL. One of them hasn't been there all preseason because he got hurt in the first game. Like yeah. that, that to me is the biggest reason why they went and got Kenny Stills. And I think it's more for a depth. They're not going to run four wide. This isn't and a four they wide. They don't offense. even run. Yeah, you're right. They don't run the ball well at all. The offensive line is not great. Tunsil helps, but the, this is not a team that's had success running the football. We, no, we no, can no. poo poo on Lamar Miller here, all we here, want. Here, here. Hold on. For all the free people out it. there, you're getting a peek behind the curtain. This is why you should go subscribe, by the way. But in any case, here, here's the peek behind the curtain. So. I actually have Deshaun Watson throwing from where he did last year. Like I have him taking a step forward. Still, that's 528 attempts. That's a lot of attempts. That's a lot of attempts for a lot of quarterbacks, but it's even more than he did last year. But for that point, I have 157 targets going to DeAndre Hopkins. Pretty lock and step line last year. We all agree that he's pretty much going to be the same as last year, right? So that's in check. I only have 82 for Fuller, 74 for QT, 44 for Stills, 29 for Fells at tight end, Jordan Thomas only 28, and then 58 targets for Duke Johnson, 23 for Hyde, and 11 for Taiwan Jones. That's what, that's 526, like, there's a few mixed in there for, like, Jordan Atkins and, like, DeAndre Carter getting, like, nine, like, that, that, there's just ancillary pieces. The point being is, there's not enough targets to get him to 60 receptions, in my opinion, unless you eliminate in a complete wide receiver. Like, if you took Kenny Stills off this team, I actually, I was with you. I had Duke Johnson for 50-plus receptions before Kenny Stills came on this team. But w- that's my question to you guys, is where, where are you going to get it to get him up to? It's not just 60 receptions. He needs to get 80 targets. Yeah, he's going to get it when the other guys get hurt, is what I think what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, you can't count on – number one, they don't, they're don't. they not running four receivers out there on their offense. That's not the offense they're they not, run. They're not, but I don't have so, anybody having more than 82, and that's Will Fuller. That's that's kind of even low. If That's actually – that's guaranteed low if Will Fuller plays even 15 games. Sure, and that and that's fair. But if Will, if Will Fuller plays 15 games, then Kiki Kuti and, and Kenny Stills are not getting the projections that you give them at either. Because 74 it, and 44, that's not that much. Not, I mean, that's a that's a high projection, I think, for Fuller, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's, I targets? feel the same way. I think oh, that Oh, I thought you happens. said catches, sorry. No, these are targets. Yeah. two targets. I mean, sure. Yeah, 45 and 7, you, you add up. If he does play 14, then you're right at your number. Right. But that's a big if. So, so, so to me, the, here's the, here's where the, Duke Johnson the, gets a lot of his stuff. Du, Deshaun Watson has never had a guy to like be the dump off back to to run screens with because that wasn't Lamar Miller's game. That wasn't any anybody else's game. I mean, even um, you know when, when uh, any other running back you could throw in there that they've used the last three years, they didn't have a true receiving re, receiving running back. He had to always scramble in those scenarios, and I think this is a scenario where now they're they're going to try to convince him instead of scrambling, dump it off a little more and and keep yourself out of harm's way because they they went all in. They gave up two first round picks, a second round pick, and whatever else for Laramie Tunsil. They're they are going all yeah, in on this team. Yeah, and they're it's, all it's in. It's everything there. about protecting Deshaun Watson, and I think that's part of the move why they wanted Duke Johnson. They wanted a back that. Watson would have com- you know, comfort dumping the ball off to him instead of scrambling all the time. And not that he's not going to scramble. He's too good a runner to not do it. But I think they're just hoping he does it a little less. Make sure he stays on the field for 16 games to go into the, the postseason. And and Duke, that's I, I think I feel like two 2.5 catches a game for Duke Johnson is the bottom floor. And I would say that's even a number 
that's the, the like that yeah. total number what would that be like 35 40 a year that would be the total number if he played like 10 or 12 games i just don't i i think there's easily four catches a game here i just i don't see it unless now you're talking about deshaun watson throwing 550 times and throwing for 4400 yards which if that's what you're saying then it's doable but where i have him at 527 and 4250 yards ish it just it, it, it the math the math isn't there even if you have a limit like Again, 82 like targets, not receptions. That's only 54 receptions for Will Fuller. 82, 74, 44. Those numbers aren't going anywhere. Like even if Will Fuller gets hurt, Kenny Stills is going to step in and get the 80 targets and then somebody else will step up and maybe not get 44, but maybe DeAndre Carter ends up getting 30. It's like that sounds that's like, t- sounds like Jake hates Duke Johnson. I do. I hate him 100. Yeah. percent There's a Johnson except Brad. There's a good like, opportunity yeah, for both of these guys, though. There really is. There. Like, no, no, no. Look, I just told you I have Duke Johnson at 25. But yeah. my my entire pushback for both of you guys, which is funny because it doesn't seem like no matter what with Duke Johnson, all three of us can't be on the same page. Is <laughs> I just I can't get behind those kind of reception numbers again. If you but. If you want to funnel the difference in 527 attempts to 550 attempts and put them all onto Duke Johnson, which is a new offense, and maybe that's the case, and maybe that's where they go, that's fine. I just I can't see that coming, especially when you're talking about that would be a 10% increase off of what he did last year. That's a, that's a big jump for a quarterback. It, it is. It is a big jump. I, I think he belongs in that tier with all those pass catchers. Like, I, I, you know, I think there's certainly more upside with James White, but like Austin Eckler – Maybe a little bit down the board. Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen probably doesn't fit in that in that. So tier, you're on the same page. Close. You just have more receiving and less rushing. Yeah. yeah and then it's... Brad's completely just he's Duke Johnson's biggest fan in the world. Are you gonna get a Duke Johnson jersey? Uh no, I I I basically already <laughs> own it. So it's I'd... <laughs> no, that's why. He's... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's... I t- hey what? Hold on, hold on. Where did you say you have Duke Johnson? I've got him at 18. 18. All right. Yeah, so if. How about this? If Duke Johnson finishes top 20 with 60-plus receptions, I'll buy you a Duke Johnson jersey. Deal. I'll take it. So there you go. Wait, wait, wait. What was that bet? i got to write that down. It's top 20 running back with 60-plus receptions. 60-plus, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 60-plus. I know I threw that number Half out there, 60. Yeah, that's, that's what we go to. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I don't. There's no downside to me in this though, because if he gets 55 catches, I don't owe Jake anything. I just don't get a jersey. But I, I, yeah. I still think. You owe me a dollar. Still, and I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even projecting him for for 55 catches. Like, I, I, I want a signed dollar by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the felony of defacing money. I'll I'll avoid that. So, but no, they. It's just just the. I don't know. I I just think I think the the two and a half catches is just a floor, absolutely floor, and I. I mean, even Lamar Miller last year had 25 catches, and no one ever talked about his receiving prowess. And you're not projecting a whole lot more than that for Duke, who uh, 16 has, an extra reception a game has made his whole his whole career as a receiving back. Trust me, we- I know. I like, Chris knows. I I was talking about it just two years ago. He was one of what five or six running backs to have 50 plus receptions. I yeah, just- I mean, he's he's been dominant in the passing game for. For a I long can't time. Believe- he's averaged Somehow- 2.5 <laughs> carries. Yes, somehow for his career. Brad put me on the opposite side of arguing of Duke Johnson. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> yeah. I, either way, he's probably in for a career career year because, like I said, 2.4 carries last year per game is 
he should top that, even though Carlos Hyde was his teammate in Cleveland last year. All right, it's a new on. situation. We, we take Bill O'Brien, and maybe we take a little bit of what he did in New England and what they do with their running backs, and, and maybe they just – maybe they do give him, you know, 60-plus targets for sure. But either way, both of these guys, like I said, I, I think they're both set up to maybe have some success. They're in a, they're in a, good, they're in a good spot. I mean, the decent, decent offense going to throw the ball. They both can catch. All right, so Wednesday is going to be rankings for everybody, but I want to throw out some – Just we got to get out of here. We're almost at a full hour already. Um, and this is just strategy type of stuff because a lot of people have already drafted. So this is going to be the do you sell high or not? Then the basically kind of situation of if you obviously – like Ezekiel Elliott and you own Tony Pollard, you're not going to – you know you don't own Zeke, that type of situation. So are you looking to sell it? Because I get a lot of questions right now like I want to get rid of Tony Pollard because I don't own him. What should I be asking for? And to make this clear for everybody out there, I wrote an article about last year. I'll probably include it in one of the rankings columns again this year for everybody that didn't read last year's. But again, when it comes to trades, we've talked about it on this podcast. We've talked about it before in general. It's not just I want to give up blank and get blank. You have to look at what the other owner needs if they need what you're offering. They have to have the surplus of what you want in return to be able to give. Like you can't say, I'm going to give you Duke Johnson and then they have five running backs already or say, I'll give you Duke Johnson and I want a receiver back, but they only own four wide receivers. Like you got to find a match. And that's how people who know how to make trades get the most trades done is because they find a need on a team that needs a need. That all being said, would you look to Chris as of today? Do you hold Tony Pollard or do you sell high because you know that you have a lotto ticket that's about to burn up in your hand at any given moment? Yeah, I, and it's all about context, and you know this. It's, it's right, about that, needs what you just talked right. about. Um, if I had him, I would I would look to to sell him to a Zeke owner. Yeah, right now, like, and I'd be the tweet from Slater. I'd be throwing that out at him or her. I'd be listen, not close. What are you gonna do here? And so I don't own a lot of Pollard, but if I did, that's where I would go. I would be looking to the Zeke owner. I'd be looking to people who have Melvin Gordon. I'd be looking to uh, maybe somebody who drafted Lamar Miller. Maybe somebody had I don't know, like anything, any any back issues to start. I would I would go that way. I'd even I would even look at owners who have Cook and Fournette and a Freeman, and I would say, listen, these guys have never been healthy. Like you know, I, I would just I would do all of that, and I'd try to help my needs whether I needed another wide receiver. Obviously, I wouldn't trade him if I needed a back and you know a starting back. But yeah, I think now is the time to to probably sell high. I wouldn't be acquiring him. Uh, I don't think I'm in the in that market. So so Brad? part of the issue here is what did you pay for him? If you drafted a long time ago and you didn't pay very much for him, I hold him. And and unless you can get kind of max value from a Zeke owner, which a Zeke owner, I think is the only one that's really going to trade for him. Um, in this like instance, owner, that, like Chris yeah. said, if you maybe need yeah, somebody yeah. for the first week or two, right. That's a, that's a possibility too. But I, I, I think th- this is one of the guys that I think is a, he is potentially a top three or four handcuff in all of football. And we've talked before about owning handcuffs of, of running other running backs that you don't own. Because if, if that guy gets hurt, everybody's talking about just a holdout. What if Zeke gets hurt? Because then Tony Pollard is potentially the guy for the rest of the season. And, and if he's a, a he might be a, a, a monster. I mean, he could absolutely be an RB1 in, in a scenario where Zeke came back and say he got hurt in the first week or two. It's very possible in that offense with his skill set that he could be an RB1 if, if he had the opportunity. I have no problem. If I'm not getting good value for him, I'm not just dumping him for anything. That's the thing. Like, if yeah, I'm getting get good it. value. I would say yeah, at least top 25-ish, like fringy RB2-3 value. Yeah, don't trade him just for the sake of trading him. I agree with all right. of that. Right. Yeah, all like right, I, so, I've got to get something. or I'm, I'm completely content holding him and just seeing what happens this year. 
All right, quicker version because like the next couple ones, a little bit quicker. Well, one sentence. So, uh, Devin Singletary, Brad, are you selling high or are you holding now that Lashawn McCoy is gone? Selling high. I I don't I don't buy into the running game there, and and I think Josh Allen's going to run yeah. for more yards than he will. Well, uh, then I anybody would, on this team then that makes it. Uh, would you say all running backs? He yeah, if you can get anything anything from Buffalo, I would I would do it. Anything from right. Buffalo's backfield. I I would hang on to him. Uh, I have a few shares that were cheap. Again, to the Pollar point, um, you know, you get them late, whatever. I I would hang on to him. I don't. I'm not crazy that he could be an RB two. I think he can be. Um, I think he can three, be three, good, decent flex. Yeah, they want to run the football there. I have him at RB thirty four. Yeah, so. yeah. I've got him at thirty, and I'm not high on him at all. So, well, so, so there you go. It's well, a I solid RB three. Hundred sixty seven carries. That's my biggest thing. Is I actually think he can lead in a couple weeks, but to, I think this is a full blown committee to start, and I maybe it surprises, but. I wouldn't actually sell high unless somebody's willing to give you that similar to Pollard RB two three value. Then I would. Then a hundred percent I would. But it depends. And there are some people out there. I saw somebody. I'll give you a perfect example. And I think you're both going to say yes in a heartbeat because I said if you haven't accepted this already, you better go run and do it before they take it off the trade block. Devin Singletary for Tyler Lockett. Oh, oh Lockett, yeah. Lockett for sure. Hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. So this is the point. This is the context. Like you know, yeah. these are kind of things out yeah. there. All right. How about if you own Austin Eckler, Chris, selling high and the chance that, again, Melvin Gordon shows up week three, week eight, like, like what, we have no idea what week one and he surprises everybody and just folds. Uh, like, what are you doing with Austin Eckler? I would keep him high. I think that he's going to have a similar role. I, I, I just don't think his role changes. Maybe obviously a slight uh, decrease in touches and snaps if Gordon comes back, but he had a role last year with Gordon on the team as a pass catcher. Um, I would I would just hang on to him. I I, I like him. Regardless yeah, I think he's a he's a flex play even if Gordon's there. So I'm I'm completely content um, hanging on to him. Are you guys this... selling Justin Jackson then? Yeah, I would uh, sell Jackson for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's he's nothing. I would yeah flip him. He's nothing. In fact, unless... I was trying to trade him to a Zeke owner this morning. Unless Gordon gets <laughs> Gordon stays holding out and Eckler <laughs> happens to get hurt, then then all of a sudden Jackson becomes the guy because they have no other option. All right, so here's the last one. This is interesting to me. So for everybody wants, what I'm doing is kind of, I already know most of these names off the top of my head, but if everybody out there wants a free tool that really helps you out there, if you go to football roster trends on CBS, you can see most added, most drop, which a lot of leagues and a lot of sites have these, but you can also see most viewed and most traded, which kind of gives you a sense with those two of what people are looking for information-wise, maybe whose hype is through the roof, maybe whose bubbles burst, like all that do you guys, I'll give you one guess. It's a running back. Do you guys want to guess who the most traded running back player, period, is right now one spot ahead of Duke Johnson? LaShawn McCoy. Uh, nope. Uh, Damian Williams? <laughs> nope. Neither one of them. Not a, neither one of them even cracked the top 10. This is a, I have no idea why. And so I'm just going to throw this out there. And maybe oh you guys goodness. can speculate and we'll get out of here on this. Jordan Howard. Nope. Devontae Freeman. Oh, okay. is the most traded player in all fantasy by 37 trades over Duke Johnson. Devontae are you so I'm just I don't even know what the question is, Chris. Are you buying low or selling <laughs> high on Devontae Freeman? Like why is he the most traded running back? 
Yeah, that's strange. Um, yeah, maybe what I threw out there when you just go to a t you know to your owner like, yo, you got Freeman, you got Fournette. These guys are hurt all the time. All right, done. I'm trading him. He's hurt. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what, how to answer that question. I think he's uh, – I started to like him a little bit more as the season got closer to where he was going, um, you know, in the third round if I went wide receiver, wide receiver. is somebody who we've seen finish his RB1 before. I mean, everyone knows the Falcons play, what, 13 of their 16 games in a dome. I don't think they play outside of a dome until, you know, towards the end of November. So he could be fine. I'm, I'm, you have him, you have him. I just, yeah, I, I'm weird. I, that's weird to hear that. I don't know what to even think of that. Yeah, I think in every league, there's probably one or two guys that just love Freeman. And uh, that's probably what happened. Like, they, they're hearing all Missed these good out reports him. out of camp. And so they're like, you know what? I'm going to go get him right now before he blows up week one. And, and you know, it's it's to me, it's just kind of, he's kind of like, you know, the obviously a little different scenario, but he's kind of like the Tony Pollard in that the beginning to his season could be a really good start, but you don't know at what point is this guy going to get hurt. He's just, he's too small to hold up being a bell cow over the course of the season. They don't, uh, the, the other running backs there haven't really performed like anybody hoped um, in, in the preseason. And so everybody's thinking like, oh, maybe Freeman's going back to this bell cow type role because Tevin Coleman's not there anymore. And Edo Smith isn't like this amazing receiving back and he, and he sucked in, in preseason. Maybe Freeman's going to go back to 20, 25 touches a game. And if he does, like he's, I mean, he's going to be done by week six. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Everyone, like, I don't know why anyone would believe in Edo Smith anyways. He had opportunity, wasn't good. But maybe that's what it is. He was just, everyone saw how brutal he was in the preseason and they want to acquire <laughs> Freeman. I don't, I don't know. The he played 16 games. I think He's going to have a good year, though. I think there's going to be an entire, that's going to be a committee. Like, all three of them involved if Devontae Freeman goes down. So, uh, that, but anyway, we got to get out of here. Hopefully, you've enjoyed what is the kickoff to kickoff week. We're going to be here Wednesday again for you guys. Get you ready for your week one lineups with all the, hey, who should I start? You guys still have time. I know you're excited. We're all excited. Football is here. But still, you don't even have to put Bears and Packers into your lineup until Thursday, and nobody else has to get into your lineup until Sunday. You have time. Don't make a rash decision. And obviously, if you drafted somebody in the top five rounds, they're starting. Don't ask. You drafted them there for a reason. But we'll be back on Wednesday at Chris Meany for Chris Meany, at Brad Ziegler for Brad Ziegler, and I'm at All In Kid. And we're here to help you and help you have a great fancy season. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.